0: Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched A Star is Born, directed by Bradley Cooper and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. A fading rock star discovers a talented singer in a drag bar and encourages her to find her voice.
1: As we generally do, we'll do a quick spoiler-free bit to tell you whether you should see this movie, although we're pretty sure... If you're in the States, you probably already have seen this movie. And yeah, we're getting we it, got it so we late. We got it two weeks late. Two weeks late. Uh, I, but, you know, if you see it um, and what we think of it in a spoiler-free way before sounding the spoiler warning and talking about it in more detail.
0: Yes. Um, I don't really want to spoil people, but I will say that you should probably go back and find out what happened in older um, A Star Is Born movies before you see this, especially if you're sensitive around certain topics. But, like, it's really I, – I definitely go back and look at what's happened, especially in the older films, the one in the 30s and the one in the 40s. Go and find out what's happened in those because there are things that happen in this movie that could definitely be very upsetting for some people. Mm. But, like, I don't know. I think this was – it's so hyped, right? By the time it got to us, it was so insanely hyped. Mm. And I thought it was good, but I definitely didn't think it was, like, living up to the insane amount of hype, good. I did think that Lady Gaga was great, Mm. like really great, like just so watchable and enjoyable and her acting was fantastic. Her singing was even better. Every time she was on screen, I just enjoyed the movie a lot more Mm. Um, and the songs that are in the movie are great. Um, The concert cinematography is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like the concerts are really, really well filmed and well done. Uh, But I did get a bit bored in some places. So.
1: yeah it is very long um yeah I would echo that I I did have a bit of trouble with some of the issues in this movie so again go look that up um but it's very well made. But I could also kind of see the artifice, if you know what I mean. Like I, I could sort of like, oh, I know what they're trying to do here. Oh, this mm. scene's important because we need to know it for blah. Oh, foreshadowing. Oh. Yeah, and like, like my like, notes about the very opening scene are pretty. <laughs> yeah, that, that opening scene that you talked about, the concert footage, that scene was shot uh, at a real festival. Mm. I think Glastonbury, they had 12 minutes to get that shot done mm-hmm. um, and they shot it live with a real audience and it's fantastic. Yeah, technically though, I really did enjoy this film. It's very intimate. Film, it's shot very, very handheld, but not. I didn't get motion sick or anything. It's very up close. It's all up in people's faces. It, it's, it tries very hard to make you feel like you're there. It does some interesting stuff around sound design to make you feel like you're in the movie. Mm. So it it got to me at the same time that I also was
0: like a little bit internally rolling my eyes at some of the stuff. Yeah, I did the same thing. The internal rolling of eyes happened for me quite often. In fact, I think. Because people have been talking about, uh, well, we can talk about this later, actually. But I think, it definitely looks like a first timer movie, mm. even though it's so slick. Um, there are definite first timer. Yeah, you get a... notes in there that are kind of obvious, but also like it's very much a like we were talking about whether or not it's a musical, and it is kind of a musical in that like they sing the songs in full and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even if even if the songs are in context of concerts and things, but also it's musical in its. It's put together quite musically, mm. like there's a lot of tone and feeling rather, uh, emphasis on tone and feeling rather than plot or story a lot of the time. Mm. So a lot of the time I kept going into my notes like, wait, did I miss something? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? But it's kind of, there's a lot of like little montages and things and it kind of wants you to go with the flow of the music rather than like the exact beats of the story, mm. which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely a movie that uh, is very conscious of itself mm. and really knows what it wants to say. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, you get the feeling of a filmmaker who's like, uh, he's like had it inside him for a long time. And he's wanted mm. to make it for a while and it's finally coming. He get, finally got the opportunity and it's all come pouring out mm. at this one time. And there's some great um, articles, which we'll link to in the show notes of interviews with him in the lead up to this movie. And he's. Being, being the most. very precious and very extra about it. But he also, like you can tell, he's clearly very passionate and dedicated to the work that he's doing, which is a good thing. But it's also, he's also a lot.
0: I don't know. There's definitely a sense of arrogance through it. Mm. And also in the way that the movie is really all about him, um, which is mm. frustrating for yeah, me. Because I'm like, it's a star is born. She's the star. Like, yeah. Can you give her something? And it's frustrating. I mean, Gaga is so good. I always I feel like she should be credited as Stephanie in this rather than oh, Gaga. Right. She see she was going to, and then she decided not to, and she decided to still go with Lady Gaga. And he, uh, I uh, can we go into the spoiler stuff?
1: Uh yes, because okay. I feel
0: like this shouldn't be in the the little preamble. Um, okay.
1: Well then, yeah. If you haven't seen A Star Is Born, any of the versions, and you, uh, although we haven't seen a lot of the older ones, uh. Perhaps stop the podcast now and come back when you have.
0: Yeah. So apparently he, uh, in their first meeting for the movie, he, like, took the makeup off her face with a makeup wipe. (gasps) Right. Yes, we've all heard this story, which is actually a scene in the older movies. Yes. And there's something about this that feels to me like he is trying to take all of the control and all of the credit and everything for this movie And the fact that she used her stage name was a way of kind of taking back some of that control for Mm. her, which I like. Yes. Like uh, she chose to use her stage name. She Mm -hmm. wanted to do that, that people were, you know, she was going to use her real name and everybody was, you know, saying, oh, it's much more real if you use your um, birth name, real name. Mm. And she chose to put her stage name on it. This is a performance from her. Mm. She is acting in this movie. Really well. She's not saying this is the real me any more than any of the other versions of Lady Gaga are the real her. Mm. And I think that's important. And I think that is her exercising some of her own agency and control in the film, Mm. over the film, Um, especially because um, she also denied on Ellen that it was based on her in real life and all this sort of stuff. My God. Right. I hope not. Right. But that's what I mean. Like people are projecting onto her because she's not wearing makeup and stuff that this is somehow more real mm. than the stuff that she does when she is wearing makeup mm-hmm. and she is in all the costumes and things. But they're all her performances mm. and they're all as real as any of the others, which I think is really interesting and very much a Lady Gaga thing to do. Yes. Um, that, like, she has many faces and they're all exploring what she wants to say. And some of them aren't wearing any makeup. Yeah. And have her natural hair colour. Exactly. Yeah. But that's still... Uh, performance. Yes, she's excellent. Excellent. By Got the way, it. I just thought she was fantastic.
1: Um, I think also she um, I don't know if that's her natural accent, but that bit of Jersey in mm. the accent that comes through, like she's, it's all so very well observed. Mm. The whole thing, the um, the charisma that she has in that opening. LaVeon rose performance yeah all that kind of stuff like i love her so much and bradley cooper kind of drove me up a wall through the whole thing i have a very low tolerance for drunks i've got to mm-hmm. i've got to warn everybody up front i have very minimal tolerance for drunks having dealt with a few of them in my life and i just from the very beginning i was so mad at him like he just made me really angry with all this stupid behavior but it still got me like somehow it still got me in the end but yeah he is just in that scene he's kind of so gross and then she's just amazing in this tiny little drag bar in her dress and she's painted her hair and stuff it's just amazing
0: I know I loved that and but also it's um yeah I've been thinking about a lot about artifacts and things like that and mm, yeah and the movie really goes through a lot of that stuff as well which I think would be something that she'd be interested in and, you know, the the amount of, like, the fact that she started in a drag bar and, and you know, there's um, also the gay choreographer and stuff like that mm. that she kind of, that are included. And Lady Gaga is, of course, very popular in that community, in the LGBT community and all that sort of stuff. So mm. I think that was interesting. Yeah. Um, all the, the real drag queens who got roles. It was pretty awesome. Yes. Um, William Belly and Chanji were, were the ones mm. that we saw and we knew. Um, I don't recognize the others, but, but yeah. And... Of course, Anthony Ramos plays her best friend who is in Hamilton. I love him. Um, mm, I liked
1: him. He was good. He's such a cutie. He, I was, he sort of disappeared for the middle of the movie and then like shows up again. Yeah, a few um, people do. Towards the
0: end. But he, I liked him a lot. Some people disappear for the whole rest of the film. <laughs> Greg Grunberg, for instance, who was in the beginning and is quite important as the driver and then is gone. Yeah. For the whole rest of the film. <laughs> he no longer exists. Yeah, yeah. Which is a thing that, I and there's a bit of a parallel
1: about. between him and Dave Chappelle shows up about three quarters of the way, two thirds of the way through, and he has a, plays a similar sort of role. Yeah, and then is not in the
0: rest of the movie either.
1: No, just a, it's really just a cameo from Dave Chappelle. Like, he, well, it's,
0: it's, I'll it, tell you what, who, who's in a cameo is Alec Baldwin.
1: Oh my. <laughs> It's the most insane cameo. <laughs> you literally see the back of his head and he has one line. But it is him. We saw yeah, him. Yeah, one line. He's Like, I don't know, did, were, there, were they taping an episode and they were like, can we just borrow you, Alex? <laughs> yeah, it could be. I feel like that was what It, it was so weird. Yes, very weird. Although he's been doing stuff like that lately, like yes. showing up for very small parts.
0: But that was a really tiny part. <laughs> yeah, even by his standards. Um, there's also a cameo by the cinematographer, Matthew who I, which I noticed only because we're doing, we're talking about him for the radio, so I went on to his IMDb. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, And I, so I was like, oh, that's the cinematographer in that photo I, shoot. Uh, I thought this was very well shot. Oh, he's... Oh God, he's He's a great cinematographer, but also has done some terrible things, including Venom earlier this year.
1: But he's, um, what's the director? Aronofsky. He's Aronofsky's Mm. cinematographer, regular cinematographer. But I, I thought this was so well shot. I, like I was talking about before about that intimacy Mm. of the way, of the way the camera is used. I do think this is very well shot. I mean, it's got, it has got that sort of thing. That's in fashion, that Instagram style lens flare type thing, but it's, I really, really like it.
0: I like lens flares, as you know. But also it wasn't too um, Instagrammy. It wasn't too faded or anything mm-hmm. like that. The colours were warm and, and bright and I liked that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the feel- this use of um sort of stage lights yeah. in different places. But it is really interesting that their styles are uh, just going back to the main couple, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Their styles are so different, even as the characters within the film. Yes, that she would rise to fame on the back of this cowboy country singers, yes. <laughs> like you know, showing up at his concert. It's really well. One thing that is very underexplained is she goes from doing like
1: sort of live on stage, um, acoustic type stuff with him to being full on pop like when when the producer comes in the produ the producer that like
0: takes her under his wing the english guy
1: is kind of Rez,
0: whose real name is rafi and they have the, he uses his real last name for the character right last name. Well, he... i liked him
1: <laughs> he's basically the villain of the piece right because yeah. he you know makes her go go commercial and then he's also the guy at the end who um talks to bradley cooper right before it kills himself but that transition of hers from like the sort of you know acoustic guitar and piano based stuff to being that um the pop star kind of thing isn't very well
0: explained it just kind of happens many 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 things aren't well explained mm. there's that there's what happened with um Jackson Maine why did he like fall from popularity what was the what was the trajectory of that because we saw him playing out these big shows right and then a few weeks later he's doing a pharmacy convention right and you're like, why? Mm. What happened there? What, did people stop going to his concerts because he doesn't sound as good because of the tinnitus? Because we don't see that happening. Mm, no. Like, we don't see any of that. Yeah. It's completely unexplained. And in fact, you even right up to the
1: bit where he's doing the guitar for the Roy Orbison tribute, you, you see this guy who is completely losing it off stage, able to hold it together to get through a performance, right, and do yeah. a really good performance. So it seems like he's still holding it together on stage, despite all of the other stuff that's going on.
0: Yes. And I couldn't figure that, like, I just couldn't figure out what was going on. Sam Elliott was gone. Mm. And then he shows up at this thing and then he's like, no, I don't want to work with you for you. And then he's working for him again. Also, I didn't know his name until the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like it's so hard to follow some of the stuff. And at one point I was like, oh, we can just, you know, we'll just let it go. Mm. And also it's hard to follow because, and I say this as somebody who usually can understand these things very well, the Southern accent mumblecore in this movie is so hard to understand. Mm. And I usually can follow it pretty well, but I've also realized that a lot of that is lip reading because Sam Elliott's mustache is in the way. But also when I can't see his face, I found it much harder to understand what he was saying Mm. because I couldn't see his mouth moving.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that I've written in my notes, mumbling competition. But Bradley Cooper very famously like dropped his voice an octave for this role. He's he, he's doing a very much lower voice in a much lower register than normal until mm. the very end when he sings that last song with her just at the piano. His voice goes back into its normal register. Mm. But I did not like the voice. I thought the voice was an affectation. As well. It sounded didn't sound right. It threw me off and it didn't quite sound right.
0: I think it would sound fine if it weren't for the fact that like it's only him and his brother who do it. Mm. And so but everybody Sam Elliott else... talks
1: like that. Yes. Like I'm used to hearing Sam Elliott talk like that. This is like someone whom I last saw as Rocket Raccoon talking like this. And it, it was my brain was like, I know who that guy is,
0: but he doesn't normally sound like that. I didn't really have that problem. I thought it sounded okay, except that it just seemed out of place. Mm. Like everybody else could enunciate, and he just couldn't be bothered. Yeah, And I was just getting frustrated because I was like, I want to know what it is that you're saying. He also says something to her backstage before she sings that song about the, um, I'll remember you this no, way. He says, I'll always remember us this way. Yeah, I'll always remember us this way. Right. But he says something to her backstage before that. It's a whole conversation they have. And I couldn't hear a damn word of it. And I thought he was just saying to her, I will always remember us this that's way. But I it's the name him... of the song. Yeah, that's what I heard him say. No, he says something. He he says about like something about how she's going to sing it, and something else that makes her all excited. And then he says, and then he says the name of the song, which was the only part of it that I understood. Ah, and I thought the only he was, part I heard too. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch more of I him talking. I just picked the rest up from context. I didn't sort of yeah. Um. Well, that, I I think that it might be the first time he said I love you. Oh. Well, that would have been important. Maybe you like, have heard I that. Because I saw her smile, and I was like, wait, did he just say I love you? Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't figure it out like I, I couldn't hear it properly and then there's one that Sam Elliott says to him that you had to explain to me because I couldn't see Sam Elliott's face during that moment yeah I don't remember what that one was um, he is very much playing Sam Elliott in this but I quite like him so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I didn't mind that and also it didn't help me with my whole Bradley Cooper looks like Jeff Bridges in this mo- movie thing um, yeah, I, and I, sounds a bit like I Jeff Bridges I do not get that at all even in the slightest so it's I don't just have the problem br- I think it's just the beard and the hair and the fact that he's with Sam Elliott.
1: Yeah, I just... Because think... you haven't
0: seen The Big Lebowski.
1: No, you? I've only seen um, Jeff Bridges as an older person. So he, to m- Jeff Bridges is, to me, Sam Elliott's age, not right. Bradley Cooper's. And so therefore I don't really... Yeah,
0: I think I've seen a lot more of him younger than you have. Mm. Like, his hair is exactly the same, though. Like, Bradley Cooper straight up had Jeff Bridges' hair in I, this. I, yeah, no. I'm not,
1: not buying that. <laughs> no? No, he he, he didn't. Did. No, he had, it's like, longer he had and... country music star hair. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't think he had Jeff Bridges' hair. Anyway.
0: It's um, like longer and parted here, and comes down to here. And yeah. It has the same beard. Yeah, yeah. It's even got salt and pepper in the beard. Anyway. Although I think the first time we actually see his like blue Bradley Cooper eyes is when he does the "I just wanted to get another look at you" bit moment, mm-hmm. which I think is probably important since everything in this movie seems to be very stylized and important.
1: Yeah, and that's also become a meme. So yeah, and I, I don't think he—that's an accident. You know, yeah. that's of—he knows what he's doing. He he knows how to play up his thing yeah oh i just remembered from my notes something i'd forgotten At the very beginning of the show lady gaga's in a um bathroom still breaking up with her boyfriend and she comes out and she like shouts really like,
0: fucking men
1: which, which i, I think like, is
0: still accurate for the rest I of was the like, movie
1: this is so very true and honey oh my god you don't even know how bad it's gonna get
0: yeah um i said i was going to talk about the opening scene literally the opening like shot mm. of the movie is Jackson Maine in shaky cam, picking up a bottle of pills, downing them and then drinking some whiskey and then singing. And you're like, okay, like, okay. I understand that he is, we probably Mm. didn't need to see this to know that he's an alcoholic and a drug addict. No, literally the opening shot is wobbly and he's drunk. So (laughs) over the top. (laughs) Like it's so over the top. It's so Mm. unnecessary. Yeah. But, um, very much in keeping with the style of this film, I think. Yes, it's which just is, so much. Yeah, which is the one of the things that makes me think of, like, it is clearly a debut film. Even if the style is very good, Yeah, a lot of that kind of hitting you over the head with stuff and things like that is such a debut filmmaker thing to do Mm, yeah you know you can just sort of see him in editing or something going are you sure they understand this maybe we should do like a couple like just keep in a couple more shots of me doing drugs Well, you can imagine
1: it on set he's like oh let's just have him pick this up like let's just get coverage of that yeah Mm. exactly well i mean they had 12 minutes to shoot it so obviously they shot it
0: Yes, (laughs) yes Mm. sorry i was just thinking about there's a moment later on in the movie where um they get some exciting news about Gaga gets some exciting news about something and she hugs her manager. And Anthony Ramos sort of bounds off screen to the left. And I'm like, oh, he's hugging Bradley Cooper. We don't see it. And he comes back into shot and hugs (laughs) Lady Gaga. Anyway, I only just remembered that. I was paying a lot of attention to what Anthony Ramos was doing because that's what I do when somebody that I like from something else is in a movie. I'm like, oh, cool. He's in it. So I I pay a lot of attention. I did not notice
1: that, although I did very much like him. He was just sweet. He he was a really good, like, best friend for her.
0: Yes, he gets so excited for her and he does that little clap when she goes oh, on stage. The way he,
1: When he gets on the private jet and he just sits there as though he belongs, yeah. I
0: love him. Oh, a little 12 before he gets into the private jet too. Yeah, but just he's when, so excited. when he's on there when he's with his sunglasses just like yeah. slumped out on the chair. I was like, oh, I'm here for this Lady Gaga, Anthony Ramos buddy movie. Yes, they're so great. <laughs> they are. I thought he might have been Bobby as well for a while. Oh, right. With context of... Because they only ever said... So Bobby is the name of um, Sam, Sam Elliott's Elliot. character, but they only ever said his name when he wasn't there. And yeah, yeah, And whenever he was talking about Bobby, he would say my brother, my brother, my brother, mm, yeah. my brother a lot, endlessly, well, I mean, so that but, we knew that it was his brother. Well,
1: most pe- but that's how most people talk. Most people say my brother instead of saying their brother brother's name like
0: not well i don't when i'm talking to you i don't say but my I mean sister because for i know Claire.
1: your sister i generally say my brother when i'm talking about my brother because right.
0: you don't know him as well but ali does know bobby later on when well, he she, calls him my brother she, yes
1: on. yeah it's weird yeah and then ali of course never has a last name except at the
0: end where she uses jackson's last name yes yes i did notice that and this is one of the things about the movie that i find frustrating which is that he make he just literally makes it all about him mm. everything is about him her fame is about him. Her, like, he says he thinks he let her down because she became, like, you know, a pop star. Ugh. He, when it, when um, Rez comes to him and goes, I don't want you near her for this thing. Mm. Instead of just going off and fading into the distance somewhere, he decides to no go and kill himself. Which will so therefore that... make it all about him for the rest of everyone's life. Right. Which is not the kindest way of thinking about a person who has actually committed suicide. This is not a person who's actually committed suicide. This is a written character Mm. written by Bradley Cooper for a movie that Bradley Cooper is directing. Mm. It smacks to me of like Orson Wellesian sort of egotism. Where he's like, yeah, I can totally play this, like, alcoholic southern character who can sing and also directs movies. And then, like, at the end of it, I'll kill myself so that the last scenes will be all about me. And yeah. that is actually the way that the, some of the earlier movies go. Mm. The character does kill himself and it's, a, you know, built into the story. Although they didn't do it in the 70s version. Mm. But it just, it, there's something about it, particularly because it's his baby and all that sort of stuff, that makes it just so... Like he just tries to overshadow her story so much Mm. and she has so little agency in her story and everything is all about like comforting him and making sure that, you know, Mm. he still feels, you know, loved and all that sort of stuff, even when he's gone completely off the rails. And she keeps saying, oh, I won't help you again. And then she does it. And that all may be very realistic, but it just kind of sucks for her. Mm. That, like, her huge rise and everything is completely overshadowed by his terrible behaviour and and then him dying. Mm. I don't know. It's not my favourite story. No, it isn't. It's so much that kind of (sighs) male.
1: Yeah, and it would have been almost better if he died from the various health problems that he was clear. like he was already had tinnitus in his ears but when you drink like that and you're bradley cooper's age you probably don't have too many years left in you anyway just your liver is going to give out very soon like you could easily there's so many ways you could kill him off um the 70s version has him just drive recklessly
0: which he could have done he got, in he got car, into his car yeah. which was i'm sure referencing that yeah right like they're not you're not sure what's going to happen when he says i've done that when he does the i just wanted to get another look at you line again i was like oh no yeah like that was the moment when i was really starting to think oh he's might kill himself and then i was like he gave the dog the steak and i'm like oh no well, see
1: the, i was i knew he was going to kill himself from when he told her father he could take whatever records he wanted but that's a really like classic sign of a suicidal person is giving away treasure no, possessions before the Grammys, though. yeah it's, that's before he even. yeah before he, he all that okay i was like oh he's and he's um i thought that he, was just depression no i sense. thought he was gearing up to kill himself right and, and then you know we go through the rehab thing and
0: he tells that story and it's awful and it's played for a laugh well I didn't think that the story was played for a laugh I think no, that that was like a that was trying to laugh in the face of terrible things yeah, sort of thing like I don't yeah. think that the way this movie played it but was then for a laugh. you know
1: uh, Sam Elliott drives him home and he has that sort of goodbye moment where he apologizes to him and And the way he is with her and the dog. And it's just, oh, but it is, it's all about him.
0: Yeah. It's all. And then the last scene, like in the last scene where she's singing for him and then we have all the flashbacks to the both of them together. Mm. And then the last bit where he sings the song. At the beginning of the movie, he co-opts one of her songs and starts singing it himself on stage to kind of try and force her out to come and sing with him. Yeah. And then she takes it back. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of the movie, she sings her songs. Mm. And then in the end of the movie, she sings his song, which kind of st- feels like he's stolen her voice back again after mm. she found it. Yeah, there's some interesting
1: full circle
0: moments. Yeah, but it's hard. I mean, it's like personally suicide at the moment is a bit of a touchy subject anyway mm. because something has happened within my family that's not, you know, that's linked with that. But like... I just found it. I didn't really feel sad. Mm. Like I didn't feel like I was in the world of the movie at that stage. Mm. I felt like I was looking at it from like a film the filmmaker point of view. Mm. You know, like rather than just being in the story. I don't know that I mean that's partly because of how I watch movies, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, also the way it was set up was just so like the foreshadowing is ridiculous. Ridiculous. In yeah. when he's driving to the drag bar, he goes past a rainbow flag with nooses on it. Does he? I didn't see it's that. Awful. And um, the the and then in the the song about maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Yeah. The second verse is nobody knows what waits for the dead. Yeah. It's yeah, and I I understand that it's very much like that. I think also like there's been some high profile suicides this year as well. Mm. So um, being that. Like overt about it and the methodology of doing it, even though they don't show it, the things that they do show are, is more than enough to kind of give you the idea. And you kind of watch it just going, are they really going to do that? Is this mm. really how this is going to go? And so I've, I felt that way as well. Like uh, even though I, I found the whole thing very upsetting, it was more like I was
0: angry at them. Yeah, I felt largely anger more than anything like, else over the ending. Why could you
1: fucking do that to your dog? How could you fucking do that to her, you prick? Like, yeah,
0: I was so angry at him. Uh, I was, I think I was angry more at the, the movie mm. rather than him, right? But Sorry, I also a little bit in both as
1: well because like, you like, firstly, the dog comes outside and you're like, he shut the dog inside. How did the dog get out anyway? But there's all this, oh, there's so much
0: of those sorts of things. There's that I wrote
1: so down. much stuff that goes on there. It's just like, can't believe you're doing this to the to. Bradley Cooper the character and Bradley Cooper the director it's like it's it's very anger
0: inducing yeah ending. yeah I the thing is a lot of the time I was really buying Ali like yes, as a person yeah, she was but great. I know, don't know how much I bought Jackson as a as a person no he was a so <laughs> much as, as a projection of the filmmaker mm, but yeah. I don't know whether that was I, I don't know what I was bringing into it but yeah I just found it very some of the very forced I, – I did – I think they had good chemistry and there were certain scenes I really liked. Mm. And I did actually go sort of ah at, especially the one where he comes into the recording booth mm. and he understands why she's struggling with it and nobody else in the room can be bothered to try and help instead of just telling her what to do. Yeah, um, And then they shoot it in the reflection – he shot it in the reflection of him helping her out with that. I Yeah. I Which felt very genuine and natural and very good. Which is why I would have liked more of that
1: stuff about her – like because – from going from that, her recording a song like that with her playing the piano to being like the manufactured pop star that we see next time, that what that progression isn't really, you, we, you just don't see it, right? And that that scene was so great and it seemed so in keeping with the characters we met at the beginning.
0: I just decided in my head that what happened was she put a couple of like more poppy songs on it and those were the ones that they decided to sell it with. Right. Like not the heartfelt ones, but the ones that were gonna get radio played. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um much. and that um Rez was kind of trying to steer her more in that direction. Mm. That's how I decided to make that make sense in my head. But I was really I really enjoyed all of the like musical behind the scenes stuff uh, of uh, being a mm. singer and being a star and being all of like they put so much effort into in the beginning in making Everybody know who Jackson was. I love all that backstage stuff. Yeah. That
1: stuff was fascinating. And the, well, even the way that she changes across the movie where the ver- one of the very last things she says to him is, I'll get, you, I'll send a car for you. Yeah. You know, which is how the whole thing had started. But the, the way that like very, very quickly she goes from being like, well, the way she goes from being sort of overwhelmed by it all to sort of getting, to being sort of the one in, in control.
0: But we never see all the fans go crazy for her. No, we don't. We never see that kind of... No,
1: but you do see her all polished and like you see a big... She has like a really big glow up yeah. in the middle where like the hair and the makeup and everything all just like lifts. Right. And the outfits.
0: Yeah. But that, I mean, it just kind of shows you how much it's not her story that we don't see her mm. deal, her going from that overwhelmed by fame to being famous. Yeah. Kind of but, and, and journey.
1: There's also really at the beginning um, when they first go out together, she's... Punches a guy who gets too close to him. Like even before she's famous, she's really mad at fans, which mm. doesn't quite ring true
0: for me. I feel like she, the the he rest was of, not a fan. That guy was being a yeah giant dick. Though. She's
1: she still kind of sees it from the perspective of the famous person. There's no journey there. Whereas she's overwhelmed by other things, and she's not overwhelmed by that. She immediately jumps straight in and realizes what what that's like. There's no no journey there from being like oh this is kind of cool that people recognize him to. Oh, God, this is awful.
0: No, but I mean, I don't think that she has to. Like, the thing is, there's a tension within the character that doesn't quite make sense in that she seems to be somebody who doesn't really want to take shit from people, mm. but spends the whole movie taking shit from Jackson. Exactly. Um, Like, it's kind of a... But she she doesn't. She quits her job because the guy's always being a j- jerk to her and she mm. wants to go mm. see Jackson's concert. She punches the guy in the bar, not just because he was being like, you know, um, stepping over boundaries, but because he was really being like, he was like, oh, my ex-wife is having sex with somebody who looks like you and getting up in his face in a Mm -hmm. way that was more aggressive than like being a fan is more like, oh, I love you. You're so great. All of that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Not like my ex-wife liked you and I want to take a photo of you to show her what you look like kind of a thing. He wasn't really being a fan, not like the girl at the shop was when she took a photo. Mm -hmm. Um, she was just excited to see him and then she was like, it's not really cool. No. And she, you know, when she comes to get him from Dave Chappelle, she's like, I'm not going to come and get you again. And yet she spends the whole movie just picking up, picking up after him. Yeah. There's there's a, yeah, there's a tension within that character that I think maybe it was written one way initially and through some workshopping changed a little. Yeah. But for the arc of the movie to continue had to. She
1: she had to kind of do certain things to make it work for the movie.
0: But the scene in the rehab centre was really heartfelt and really good too.
1: Mm. Yeah, that, um, that
0: one and the one with Sam Elliott,
1: where he apologizes, to Sam Elliott. Those two scenes where he actually, actually looks like he might be making amends.
0: Yeah, and Sam Elliott reverses up the driveway with tears in his eyes, which is like A-plus acting and so kind of real to, mm, mm. like, men trying to talk about their feelings. Yeah, especially,
1: yep, those kind of men. And those two scenes were extremely heart-wrenching, like that whole bit where he, he's really trying at yeah. that point he's really he wants to make things better for them he yeah. wants to not be that guy for both of them
0: yeah and i i mean i appreciate that but uh, yeah his story makes a lot more sense except yeah. for the fact that we still don't understand why he had a downfall like yeah, yeah. how that fu- how that functioned mm-hmm. in the movie is very unclear there's also stuff like he hears her singing that song in a in a par- car park once without all the embellishments and he can do and it then on the stage next night he's done an arrangement of it brings her up on stage and she already knows the arrangement of it that he does yep and he, which he has a total whole, musical magic yeah a whole lot of um
1: lyrics that we didn't hear in the car park or anything
0: right and also like there's that bit where they do the um shalala bit mm. which they never practiced nope. but she knows how to do it <laughs> yeah stuff like that yes um that that there's quite yeah and then I was like Sam Elliott just told him he wasn't going to work for him why is he working for him at the Grammys yeah yeah I don't understand like they just seem to forget their own stuff or they've cut a lot of scenes that make things make sense yes and don't bother putting in any other explanation for. it's more about the feeling than the actual plot And I was, I was in the middle of writing that note about how come she knows the arrangement when she did the, ah, bit and I just got chills everywhere. Mm. And I was like, no, still got chills. That still works. Still a good, yeah. It's that shallow song. That's the reason they released
1: that as the, as the single.
0: Yeah. It's a great song. Um, Mm. There's a a few good songs in it, but when she just does the belting kind of gaga bit, I just went, whoa. I know. She's so good. Yeah. I also liked uh, really appreciated the uh, little YouTube bit with the dad and his I know. friends.
1: So, so cute. Great. Well, and all the like his friends were so great as well. Like this little little gang, this little boy gang of sixty mm. something year old men. But he was also great as well. Like because like oh, he was played a little bit silly. Oh, I could have been a crooner, all that stuff. Mm. But when it like push comes to shove, he's there for his daughter mm. in, in very important
0: ways. The family dynamics that they set up for them felt so real. Mm. Um, felt It felt so real. Like she was like, oh, you always supported me. But he was like, mm, not really. And you can see that even in the beginning of the film, you know, he's like, she's got the voice of an angel. But being a singer isn't all that great. Yeah. And he's trying to like make her feel better about it, but it only makes her feel worse about yeah. it. And that all felt very... Yeah, well, he's intimate, trying to protect
1: real. her the way he protected himself. Yes. When he wasn't able to chase his dreams. How old do you think she's supposed to be in this film? That's very hard to tell. She's still living at home and I would say like 25. But I know she's not 25. I just, um, and the guy playing her dad is in his 60s. So he could be Gaga's dad at her current age. What's she like 32? So I don't think it, it is meant to be a big issue she's born no. in 986 so she's 32 yeah
0: um I don't think it's meant to be a big issue I was just curious because I was like I mean she could be still living at home and singing in bars and doing right because it's so hard to find like
1: it was well, that's the thing it, at our age like days. most people yeah the people our age live at home longer and work like especially if you're a creative type you probably are working like different jobs and, and jobs that don't allow you to have a really good lifestyle like in terms of living in this like it's realistic that she could be 32 and living at home but also, i also thought with, she
0: might be supposed to be anthony ramos's age which is younger
1: but with her dad being widowed as well yeah like that it would also make sense that she might have stayed at home a little longer like looking talk, after him we also talk
0: about bradley cooper's mother dying in childbirth oh my god
1: it was i roll my eyes as hard at that as i did when lady gaga said she normally uses a typewriter to write her songs <laughs> yeah i was like okay. but dying in childbirth at 18 i mean come on
0: yeah it's that. so
1: yeah i mean america the, has terrible health on the one hand america's got one of the worst rates of maternal mortality in the world right particularly for women of color but and, and people like serena williams nearly died in childbirth but also at the same time it's just so convenient i mean in yeah. 1937 that line would have been fine but now i mean it just it's Yeah, it really like stands
0: out because dying in childbirth is super rare, Mm, especially when you're young. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just like, okay, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. It says something about the women in this guy's life, I suppose. Yeah. I I also want to, you know, that really famous shot from the trailer with her putting the hat on, getting Mm -hmm. out of the bus. Yes. And then he comes in and it's, he comes in and the bus is most of the shot And she's been off to the side and sort of, you know, the focus of the shot until he comes in. And then he pushes her even further to the side. And they walk up the bus and he's there and his reflection are taking up so much of the screen. I feel like that's a metaphor for this whole film. Yes. And it also makes me wonder if it's all on purpose and that the overshadowing of her by him is somehow meant to be a commentary on, like, the real world. Probably. Because clearly that shot's set up on purpose with him completely dominating the screen. As well. You can't accidentally put a reflection on screen. Yeah. Like, it, you know, the, and her being pushed off to the side. Mm-hmm. But, like, if he already knows that he's doing that, what is he trying to say about it? Mm-hmm. Is he trying to say that men's stories completely overshadowing women's stories is bad? Because that's what the movie that's what he's making doing. is. Yeah. So I just thought that was worth talking about. I don't know if there's any answers that we can get to really easily. Also, two seconds later, there's another shot of the bus going, to, like driving towards a sunset Oh my! that you God. just went, oh, ah. it's so <laughs> beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> so like,
1: mm. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and the whole thing with the hat too, by the way, which has its own story going on there. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's a little bit deliberate, a bit like how when they sing shallow for the first time, that's in one of the more shallow parts of the movie. They're really enjoying being rock
0: stars at that point. Like that's a quite a shallow part of the whole thing. Well, no, shallow is more about like she's di- she's away from the shadows. She's going into the deep end and she doesn't know what's ahead of her. Yeah. But they're singing it during one of the more shallow aspects of the fame journey, like the, the
1: rise, the fun mm. bit, the being on stage.
0: Yeah, I remember there Getting was a point. Getting
1: into the deep end is
0: all the other stuff that but we'll get into later. I, I remember there was a point in the movie where I was like, oh, this is the high point. It's all down here from here, <laughs> down yeah, here yeah. from here, which is around <laughs> the time of the bus yeah. bit. But, yeah, and the thing is, now, I could be wrong about this, but I'm, I'm almost certain I've seen the 1970s version of this film because mm. I definitely remember Barbara Streisand and Christ- Christopherson being a couple and him cheating on her and mm. her becoming famous and stuff. I feel like in those ones it's so much more, like, about him being wrong for his jealousy and all that sort of stuff than this one is yeah that really doesn't like they it, give him so many outs in this yeah for his behavior. so many
1: excuses and so much and like he does have to give that apology but also that moment is a lot about him and it's that like the rest of the movie yeah and he really doesn't like he he can't cope with it and that's like it, it, it's not a good thing that he can't cope with that because he's supposed to love her He's wanted to help her, and now he's being a dick about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the 30s and 40s version probably don't have that journey. I, yeah, I just like I'm, I'm my memories of of the 70s one aren't strong, mm. but I and it also could be my interpretation of it. Where I was like Barbara Streisand's so great, <laughs> I think she's mm. so cool, and Chris Christopherson is just a mumbly man with a beard. <laughs> um, yeah, much like my feelings about this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, in all versions of it, it seems like. Like, the woman
1: is the real star of it. Like, even the 1930s version, which has Janet Gaynor, and the 50s version has has, um, Judy Garland. 50s, 40s. I mean, it's Judy Garland and Barbara. Like, these women are – and not to – nothing against Chris Christopherson. The man was a Rhodes Scholar. But he's not, you know, he's not Barbara Streisand.
0: No. I remember them being great together in that movie, though. Oh, they – Which is the only reason that I – like, the memories mm. that I have of it are she's so great, they had good chemistry, he cheated on her. Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember him dying, which is weird because I usually remember that from films. I think I saw it as a teenager too. So my yeah. memories are really fuzzy. And I don't remember the songs from it. I do have memory of seeing Judy Garland songs um, from the 50s one. Mm. But like I went through a phase of watching every Judy Garland song in every movie she was ever in. So it's probably just that I've seen them on YouTube or something. Mm. Um, I don't remember that movie at all. No. So the likelihood is I haven't seen it.
1: Well, I, I haven't seen it either, but I can guarantee she steals it from James Mason. I'm almost, I feel almost certain she does.
0: Yeah. But it is interesting though, isn't it?
1: That yeah. like. They get these amazing women in these parts. Mm. Like these are legendary women, all of them. Divas. Yeah. Legendary divas. Um, yeah. I don't know the lady from the 30s quite as much, although I've heard of her. But these, yeah, these women are amazing. And yeah. to, yeah, for this to play out the way it does in terms of walking over her and, and not giving her, even though it does walk all over her, she still is the star for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she is for me too. Also, um, I feel like commenting on that millennial wedding with the single tear that falls down her cheek as they get married with it's, a flower in her hair.
1: <laughs> oh, the outfits were that was a total seventies wedding dress. It was like yeah. a crochet dress. But right before that, she's been wearing these full on eighties jumpsuits. Like they're all like these floral jumpsuits and
0: stuff. The fashion is is interesting. Well, I think she was going for like a kind of late eighties, early nineties rocker chick. Yeah, the, the jumpsuits are kind of cool. A choker in her first scene. She's all midriff tops, and the flower in her hair and the crochet dress could have been very nineties as well. Yeah, that that was what it felt like to me was that it was that kind of late eighties, early nineties like chic. That yeah. she aesthetic that she was even her hair in the beginning was yeah. like parted in the was middle and interesting. And, there, there was a very ra- slightly Rachelly around the face. There was a, yeah. There was a very eighties aesthetic though. There's a bit where um in the
1: orange hair phase, uh where she was There where, was one scene where that hair looked good, by the way. Oh, the rest God, it, was it was bad. Terrible. Um that when she anyway, the bit where he takes her out on the balcony to look at the um the billboard of her face, this, that dress is super eighties. It's like yes. this it's got like a mullet hem and then ruffles and even the dress she wears to the um, Grammys is quite retro, 80s with the gold lamé and stuff. Yeah. It, yeah, interesting costume choices in this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, so the, I think... the only scene where that hair looks good is at that photo shoot. Yeah, that's it. The yeah. whole rest of the time, it looks so garish.
1: Yeah. So with that that sort of timing, I'm sort of wondering. I was wondering what they were, like, ref if they were choosing to reference something there or I don't know. This is kind of a movie that's kind of made as if the internet doesn't exist in a lot of ways, like, apart from that one scene with her father watching YouTube. And the fact that it has a famous YouTuber in it. Yeah, I don't think that would have... That, that's probably not the... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's... Like, nobody ever even texts one another. Yeah. There's elements of this that are, like... I mean, maybe they're going for timeless, hence the typewriter comment and things like that, but... It also was a little no, bit but weird. she
0: mentions she's tried to call and text him a bunch of times and he hasn't answered. Mm. So we just don't see them doing it, I guess. I also feel like Bradley Cooper is, um, as a character, is probably very much stuck in the past. Like he doesn't seem to really
1: no. I mean, he smokes the wherever whole, the hell he wants. Yeah, like and her he dad. doesn't seem
0: to get the whole YouTube comments thing. Yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, you know, they they do. He even parallels that on purpose mm. when he she tells him off for smoking inside and then gives him a pass for doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe the whole point of this movie is that you know women like her are better off without men, and they it, it should ca- all kill themselves. I don't think it, so because it's mean, much too disturbing. I mean, that's disturbing. that's pretty dark,
1: but she is I think she is better off without him. Like that's the that's the whole problem but of the
0: whole thing. Like, she sort of is, but she'd
1: also be better off if if he if her husband hadn't killed himself. Yes, yes, she'd yes, also everybody and, would,
0: but she'd also be better off if every if the men around her just made more of an effort to not be dicks. Right. Yes. I mean you know yeah, that bit at the front <laughs> fucking men yeah like she she would be better off if yeah. they just decided not to be dicks perfectly nice talented hard-working girl has to deal with dickish men yeah i was thinking about that kind of the comments that it was similar to lady Gaga's story i feel like it's not um no i think that comparing her to ali is wildly underestimating the intelligence and the drive of lady gaga yeah Lady gaga was like t- took off as a teenager like, she was
1: already as a teen – like, she went to performing arts school and so she was a kid who worked really hard at a piano and stuff. I think, it I, honestly, Lady Gaga is more in common with, with, like, Taylor Swift, as in, like, a kid who was really into music and just, like, really one single-mindedly pursued it.
0: Yes. But this is also very much a movie about a, a woman who doesn't have a lot of self-confidence, which – um, she doesn't have a lot of ambition. I don't think or yeah, drive. She no. isn't somebody who really sees herself being a big star at any point. Mm-hmm. She's never chasing a dream like that. She's just somebody who cares a lot about singing, loves to perform, loves, loves to, to perform, write music, but also, you know, is in her life. I I don't see her as being an ambitious person. Yes, and i I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say that that the same
1: could be said about Lady Gaga,
0: right? And also, um, she is. Ali, I think, is kind of struggling with the idea of putting on a lot of makeup and changing her hair and all that Mm. for Mm. fame. Yeah. She doesn't really enjoy all that. And when they do the photo shoots, she's like, oh, it doesn't even look like me. But playing with body image and and makeup and hair and that sort of stuff is Lady Gaga's whole thing. She's really interested in distorting the vision that we have of what people should look like. So
1: much so that in a movie like this, people say, oh, it doesn't look like her. I didn't right. recognize her. Exactly. Because they're so used to all her different, you know, when she's platinum blonde or she's all the different costumes that she likes to wear and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that she tapped into certain things within her. I know she had has anxiety and other things. and I'm sure she tapped into certain you know, elements of her personality to play this. I'm not saying that, like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a fake performance. In some ways, or she anything.
1: could have, you know, that she could have, you know, been a technical consultant in some ways on on the
0: film. Like, right. In
1: fact, her tour manager is, gets a credit. Yeah. In the credits, so there is an element of like, you know, technical advice about how what it is like to go out on tour and what it feels like and how backstage works and things like that. But it's not necessarily this is her as a character as a person. Yeah.
0: I think I just think it's interesting that people kind of want mm. to see. I feel like I feel like seeing Lady Gaga as Ali is so underselling her. Yeah, you know, it's so underestimating. And well,
1: I, I think there is an aspect of Lady Gaga who wants to keep Stephanie private. Like that, wants mm. she wants to keep that for herself. Like the difficulty of being famous is to kind of like separate the, you know, the persona, the public yeah. persona from the private one. So I think there's that. There's probably an element of that in there too. Yeah,
0: I just think it's. I like the idea that it's like I just don't. We have one idea of what using your voice is like and I can, I'm can. i sort of giving this looking at this as a critique of this film and how Bradley Cooper's character thinks people should perform as well because he's like you have this voice and you have a chance to use it to say what you want to say yeah and a lot but of what if what you want to say is looking at aspects of performative behavior yeah and looking at aspects of like because you know if you go back to certain periods she's gone through so many changes and mm. she looks at so many different ideas of like womanhood and fame and how you know women are perceived by the media Mm. and how women's bodies are perceived and she you know with something like bad the bad romance video where she exaggerates certain parts of her body for effect Mm. and things like it's just because I've always found her really interesting on that front Mm. I also think her voice is great but her songs are not always my favorites um, yeah until they get sung by other people and then I'm like (laughs) oh but like this concept that you can't once you are famous and if you have, like, backup dancers and these costumes, that suddenly it's not real anymore? Yeah, th- that idea that, like, authentic is playing your guitar and your
1: piano and singing acoustically, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and how is, the is movie, that really more authentic
1: than what Lady Gaga right. has and done? Right, and the movie sort of doesn't – the journey that she takes to going from the acoustic to the being, being a pop star, like, you can have a, a good reason for that, but the movie seems to be saying – Oh, it's better to be authentic. It's better to be acoustic. It's better to have minimal accompaniment. But, like, it's not. It's just different. Yeah. And and the kind of circles back a little bit to the obsession with people wondering why she's not credited as Stephanie instead of Lady Gaga because this seems more real because she doesn't wear makeup or she doesn't wear as much makeup or she's got her natural hair colour through the movie.
0: Right. And also, including drag queens in the film, and always in drag too hmm. or preparing to be in drag. We'd, it's not like they're doing this like, oh, this is their authentic selves without all that makeup hmm. and drag no, on. No, this is their authentic self on stage dressed like this with
1: all the boobs and the um, dresses and the heels.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think so. Maybe, that, maybe the movie is trying to say something about all of that sort of thing and, and it, it's, sort of it's unfortunately... trying to tell, tell us that, that Jackson is wrong. Yeah, but it just doesn't work very – I don't think it does that very well. No, because it's so much in his voice. Yeah. And it's so much from his perspective. At least it's not homophobic, though. True. That's good. That's something very positive I can say about this movie. It is – Completely pro gay and pro drag queens, and they ne- he never says anything no. derogatory or rude or anything, you know. He seems to be kind of excited that he's in a drag bar. Yeah, and Anthony Ramos is like, "I'm not sure this is the place for you," and he's like, "It's got alcohol, it seems fine." Um, yeah, which is bad, but also kind of nice. Yeah, but like he, you know, I think has absolutely no
1: qualms about it. It's so much in his voice, and I think that's the problem with having the star, the the male star, direct it. Mm. Uh, I I wonder if it would be different if somebody else directed it.
0: Yeah. It is, it's so much from his, it's so much his story more than hers, I mm, think. Mm. But like, I also think it's, you know, it's good. Mm. Um, it is well-crafted, especially for a debut filmmaker. I mean, I was yeah. talking about him overdoing it a bit, but like, you know, if you see other people's debut films, they're a lot worse.
1: Oh yeah. This is still such a good film.
0: Yeah. I really, it's, it's really
1: good. It's really beautiful. Yeah. I just, maybe like, I shouldn't have been watching it in the middle of a depression bout, but otherwise it was fine. Like, well, was, yeah, I had
0: things I brought in too. Yeah, but like, I
1: just, like, that stuff is hard, like, but it is really well made.
0: Yeah, but see, also seeing it, like, just the fact that it's so dominated by his story. Mm. I, I'd be interested in seeing a gender-swapped Star is Born since we've seen four stories now of... This way. ...a man discovering a woman and then mm. giving her her voice and presenting her to the world and then... Becoming jealous over that and dying. Would it would have been a cool role for like have Barbara Streisand play
1: the established star who discovers a young man?
0: That would be cool. Yeah. Although uh from what I've heard, you probably don't want Barbara Streisand at the moment doing that sort of film. Well, she'd um, probably want to direct, too. So... Not the point. Um, okay. Um, and not not really a discussion, I think, but is necessary so, for the for Say the
1: twenty minute 20 podcast. minutes, twenty years ago. Yeah. If they'd made this if they're making this twenty years ago, you'd have put you I would have had like barbara streisand in the in the male role it would have been cool
0: lady ganga doing um edit piaf at the beginning was amazing Um, i loved that i wish the whole movie had been more of that sort of thing because that was great
1: her stagecraft in that like dive bar the how hard she works that crowd even though like and she doesn't know he's there and she's working so hard and, and she makes him cry yeah it's amazing it's just that sort of dedication to to the craft
0: and she never gets to do something quite like that again which is interesting because i'm like well maybe they see that as like all the artifice you know she Mm. has the fake eyebrows on and everything Mm. but it's also an expression of her enough that it makes him cry yeah and they had that big sign up that said la vie en rose in In the the house house. so Mm. anyway (laughs) that dog was cute too that was bradley cooper's real dog right it's cute it's adorable yeah charlie Everybody has – giving the dog a human name was also confusing because for a while I genuinely thought Charlie was the brother. Charlie <laughs> is I'm... a pretty common dog name, though, to be I, fair. It is. But I was I was looking for Sam Elliott's name at that point. <laughs> I did remember him saying Bobby earlier in the film too, but I just couldn't figure out who that was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I just sort of – he called him Sam Elliott in my head the whole way through. Same as I called her Lady Gaga in my head. I remember – he does say Bobby when he's talking about the Grammys, right? Bobby told me. Because they're doing this Roy Orbison thing. And then that's when Sam Elliott's back. But just a couple of scenes earlier, Sam Elliott was like, I'm out. I don't want to tour with you again. Just call me if you really need something. He didn't just say, I don't want to tour with you. He said, it's easier without you. That's right. Very specific choice of words there, I'm pretty sure. And then he was like, call me if you really need anything. Because I was like, oh, he's going to call him because something bad will happen. But he didn't. He just was there at the Grammys. Yeah, it's weird. So confusing. Oh. I wrote a note. This fall doesn't seem to be tracking. Like his fall from fame doesn't isn't tracking. Mm. I'm not following it in this film. Yeah. I wrote, how long is this movie? At one point, which probably tells you about when I was really bored. Oh well, yeah. My um Apple Watch pinged
1: at me twice to stand up, and I was pinged at me to stand up, and I was like, oh, it must mustn't be far now. We're about an hour and a half in, and then it pinged at me again, and I was like, oh my god, how long is this movie? How I I, I
0: should, we should. It was that two. It
1: was about two hours. It was bit well maybe a bit over two. Two so hours, it's, 16. It's long.
0: Is it shorter than Bad Times at the El Royale? Yeah,
1: by about five minutes. It Bad feels Times longer. at
0: the El Royale felt a lot shorter.
1: Yeah, exactly. I looked at my watch in this. I didn't look at my watch in that.
0: Yeah, I think that's all my notes. I think we're good. Yeah, no, I think that's all my notes too. Um, do you know what you're giving it? I think I'm going to say what I usually say for films like this, where I'm like, it's good. I just didn't enjoy it that much, which is like three and a half stars. Yeah. I think if it had ended differently, it would have gone up to like four for me.
1: Yeah, I'm going with four stars because I really enjoyed it. But I also have, like, significant issues with it and the lack of responsibility it takes around portraying suicide. But I also had a really great immersive experience in the film. Okay. See, almost, I didn't feel immersed. Almost part of it was that was almost part of the immersiveness, the addiction and, and depression spirals that he goes into. So, like, I get it. Um, So, yeah, four stars for me. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you very much for listening to – the Silver Screen Queens podcast, if you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you would like to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.